So I'm happy to welcome back on the show um, Renny Rainsberg, who is co-founder of Cello, but also president of the Cello Foundation. Welcome back, Renny. It's great to be back, Jamie. So uh, before we came on air, we were trying to figure out when we last spoke. We managed to uh, pinpoint it. It was May 2020, which feels like a lifetime ago for all of us. Um, And I would definitely recommend if you would like to get to know Renning more and his background, you you go back to that podcast. Incredibly informative. Um, I had a lot of fun. I think we, we went really deep into even things like cooperatism and collectivism, um, of course, uh, elements and aspects of, I guess, the kind of principles uh, that you as a, a co-founder hold, but then, of course, as manifest uh, into Cello. Um, and, of course, a lot's happened since then. So I think in, in that episode, we talked about the value proposition of Cello, and I know mobile was a big focus, which was unusual back then. Um, and that was really about access and inclusion, um, and of course, great to see that you've really executed on that. And now you're beginning to see uh, a whole lot of adoption. And we'll get into exactly what that means a little bit later. But actually, after that interview, um, there was Mainlet launch. It was around about the time of Mainlet launch. And, and subsequently then, of course, put the foundation in place of which, as I said, you're president. So it'd be great to just understand a little bit about that. What's been going on in the network but then also talk about refi. Refi is a big topic. Um, actually, Cello is increasingly looking like the home of refi. I know that's um, something you're really keen to push, and you've got some of the most exciting uh, projects, whether it's Tukan Senken Collectivo um, building on the network, really looking at that spectrum of, of refi. So we'll get into a little bit about what we mean by refi, or at least your understanding of it, um, and uh, why Cello uh, is, is is the home for it. But let's let's kind of go back in time. Um, let's go to mainnet launch and the launch of the foundation. What have you been doing since then? Yeah, that that brings back some memories. Um, you know, I, um, I I still think that was one of the kind of biggest undertakings I've ever been involved in. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great to look back. You know, the network was stood up by by the community, um, running the validators. And shortly after we um, we put in place the Cello Foundation. And, and the idea really was to have an organization that would be providing in a way like a public service, public goods to the ecosystem and in a way help, um, you know, accelerate uh you know, going towards our mission. And um, what's really nice is, and just looking back at, at, at our at our episode two years ago, really the mission is unchanged. And a lot of the, um, I think, thinking and, and you know, I think the, the frameworks, the values um, have, have stayed the same in a, in, a, in a world that's, you know, ever changing and there's so many new things happening. And we've learned a ton and we've definitely, Cell has become, um, you know, in many ways, like there's a lot more happening than I could have ever predicted. But um, like you said, the focus on mobile has really paid off, um, has really paved the way for real world adoption. Um, I 
I think too, from a foundation perspective, we've funded a lot of public good infrastructure that's becoming widely used and really the backbone for a very, um, yeah, for a very kind of robust ecosystem that pursues these regenerative finance principles and, and refi has become a, a, not just a buzzword. And I, I mean, it in a positive way, but it's really become a movement. Um, and that's just been really exciting to see, um, especially for folks that I think shared a lot of um, those, those ideas, but what, you know, I think a few of us that were in sort of that broader web three space excited about what now is becoming refi um, lacked sort of a common language and that exists now. So it's, it's a really exciting time. Um, you know, I remember back in uh, 2020, you know, you were already putting this emphasis on being a carbon negative, a carbon negative blockchain. So I believe you were the world's uh, first. Um, and uh, you were already having initiatives in like 2021 around tokenizing the rainforest. So th this has kind of been a constant for you guys. And I remember, you know, big takeaway for me after our first interview was, you know, a, a lot of projects talk about the technology and then they give some kind of um, social good framing. But actually, you, you guys were really focused on on um, that kind of social good, um, maybe now communicated or expressed as refi, um, really at, at the core of what motivated you as individuals um, and people that were building a, a product, right, necessarily over um, you know, an over over focus on blockchain itself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, it's a really good call out. And, you know, I think we always saw those things as, um, you know, really critical pieces to, to the whole story. Right. So I think the, um, the focus on trying to see, hey, can we can we bring natural assets on chain and you know carbon credits are sort of the tip of the iceberg there. But you know having that having those building blocks exist, we felt could really unlock um, you know this kind of regenerative financial system. And maybe we'll go into a bit more detail of what that means. But I think it's it's sometimes um, it's hard, right? Because you have to put in place a lot of the basic plumbing before you can do the more interesting stuff and. I feel like sometimes we're still in the plumbing phase where, you know, where we just put in place this initiative earlier this year where we funded a 20 million initiative for creating more on and off ramps. Basically, we want to have, I want to have an on and off ramp in any market, you know, anywhere you are, you should be able to easily uh, cash into crypto and then cash out right when you need to. And, and those things you would feel, you know, 10, 15 years into this journey would be long figured out, but that's really still where a lot of the friction is. And so to me, um, I'm excited because a lot of the stuff has happened so much faster. Um, but in many ways, we're still in, in the very early kind of building, building phase. But I think the other thing, which I think refi has really, and that's becoming clearer now, you know, it's not like to your point, it's not impact doesn't have to be an afterthought, right? It doesn't have to be like, oh, we, we build a business now, let's let's give back or let's do something good. You know, let's take 1% of our profits and, you know, hand them out. Like that's, I think that's just the wrong way to think about it, right? Why not, if money is software now, why not kind of actually <laughs> build software that like has that just be a part like the, where money money can have that positive impact every time a transaction happens, right? And that's happening, right? We have applications on Celo now that automatically take some of the transaction, uh, you know, fees or earnings, right? And 
put them into, for example, an impact market um, or to kind of, uh, you know, purchase uh, carbon offsets. And I think that's possible now because these things, these impact kind of, um, uh, yeah, you know, units, if you want, are available as building blocks that can be programmatically accessed. And now that this is kind of, it's almost like a way to rethink the way our economy works, the way finance works. And we have big companies, right? Like the, you know, Dutch Telecom or even Kickstarter in the US, right? Kind of joining this movement because it's, especially for organizations that internally value, um, value those things already, right? Um, it's, it's a way to combine that with the core business and not just have it be an afterthought. And I think that's really, the promise that's been the promise of Web three all along, but we're starting to really see it happening, and and that's um, that's very exciting. Yeah, and I think what's exciting about it is is that if these things become the standard, the default, right, um, rather than the exception, um, then you are fundamentally uh, changing that system. You are allowing it to truly be a regenerative system, um, and you know I think look, it's also very refreshing that there is so much momentum behind refi and again we're going to define exactly what what we mean or at least what you mean by refi shortly um but you know there's a huge amount of skepticism still about web3 about crypto about nfts whether it's you know it's carbon footprint whether it's that it's just this speculative thing that really isn't bringing any value to the world value to society um you know, here you can see uh, a, a lot of momentum behind things that are, you know, truly transformative. Um, maybe just before we go into defining refi, uh, I mentioned a couple of refi projects at the top that are building on um, the network. Could you just give us an update on the network, its scale, the amount of transactions that are happening, and and some of the highlights of the projects? Absolutely. Yeah, and I, um, I should put up, should I pull up the stats, but I think we're at this point well over 170 million transactions on the network, uh, over 18 million wallets. Um, I think Celo as a platform um, is used in over 135 countries. As far as we sort of can can track it, there's there's over a thousand projects. Um, I think over a hundred of those at least from what we know, have raised venture funding just in the last uh, 12, 18 months. So really just phenomenal growth. And a lot of these projects are very mission aligned and, and very focused on some of the same kind of principles. So that's that's been really exciting to see. We just had a, another cohort of Cello Camp. This is cohort five um, coming through and you know, uh, within Salocamp, I mean, like each cohort kind of, it keeps growing. I think this time they had over 300 applications, right? People that really look for being part of like this ecosystem and going through the process of, of getting their, their venture, um, ready. So it's, it's, it's really amazing to see the momentum, especially what, you know, now is a bear market, the, the excitement, uh, the building is, is really, you know, it's nonstop. And what's also been, been great to see is that uh, funding has not stopped either. And I think that's really, you know, credit to the, to the founders who focus on solving real world problems. Um, you, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned NFTs and it's interesting, right? Because when I read headlines in the press about NFTs, you know, usually it's something, you know, like negative, right? And there's a lot of, you know, 
a lot of the early experimentation, right, um, is, you know, it's unclear, like, what value that's going to bring, right? But it, I think it's also important. And I think having sort of the NFT, the technical standard established is, is super important. And, you know, our um, in our community at, in, in, at DEFCON Bogota, um, just, just recently, um, there, there was a launch of a, of a kind of project called Impact Cards, which is a kind of a new NFT standard, dynamic NFTs. And so as you, um, you know, for example, take certain actions, like, for example, make a donation to a certain project or, um, you know, stake tokens um, in a refi project, say, um, you kind of collect sort of these achievements, which then change the NFT that's uh, like the Impact Card that you have, which is an NFT. Um, so really interesting to think about like how, um, you know, some of these technical standards now that we're coming out of the, or we're still in the experimentation phase, but, you know, there's, there's also kind of ways to, to end up creating, um, again, building blocks that can, can serve the ecosystem and have really good positive real world impact. So I, I look at this always and, and, and try to say, hey, the technology is, is neutral. It doesn't know. Uh, how it's used, right? And it's, it's it's for us to figure out how to how to use it to actually make make a positive impact. Um, but but back to the the network stats, um, it's yeah, I think we're um, we're really happy, um, you know, with how things have gone since since mainnet. Um, there's a there's a really robust community. Um, there's a lot of work happening right now to. Um, put out um, together with folks in the community um, sort of a technical roadmap for what's to come. Um, there have been some announcements already over the past year in terms of how we think about kind of achieving more scalability, more throughput through bringing Nawal um, and, and move to to Salo. So that's been that's been really ex exciting for uh, for the community and. Um, yeah, that, that conversation is kind of ongoing from the foundation perspective. We're also working in the open. So on the forum, you can kind of go in and see every team's goals. And right now we're in season 11. So we just put out sort of what we're trying to achieve. And the idea really is to make all of that extremely transparent and kind of, in a way, co-create, co-design uh, what we're doing together with the people building on and, and with Salo. And, um, you know, that's that's a learning experience. It's very different than how we traditionally build businesses. Um, but but it's 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 going great. And so, yeah, I'm, you know, I feel like the, the more we, um, the, the less of a role the Salo Foundation plays in a funny way, you know, the more the more successful we are as, as an ecosystem. And so, that's sometimes weird because you know you're supposed to like make yourself less important, um, but it's also it's been it's been great to see projects um, really step in and um, uh, kind of bring their their thought leadership to the community. Yeah, I think you know that goal of a foundation making itself redundant um, in a system is uh, is what they should all aspire to, right? By the way, it's what I aspire to, just to see of Outlier Ventures is at some point, nobody will need me again. I can just sail off into the sunset, but um, sadly, we're not, we're not there yet. Um, so let's talk about refi. Uh, shorthand for regenerative finance means lots of different things to different people. I think most people have quite narrow uh, understanding of it. They might think of it in the, co in the context of like energy and climate change and, and renewable energy. Um, but obviously, it's much, much more than that. You've hinted at it a little bit 
uh, already in the conversation. Could you talk, talk to us about how you define it? And then I guess the, the kind of the scope, the, the boundaries of, of that definition. Yeah, so um, I think, you know, a lot of the concepts derive from regenerative economics, you know, refi itself is sort of a play on, on DeFi, you know, regenerative DeFi. And I, to me, I think the best definition to date that I've found is to, to basically say, okay, we, um, we have a new financial system, um, but that financial system has positive externalities, positive externalities. And those could be with respect to climate, our planet, but also they could be with respect to communities um, or, or even the individual. And I think the climate one is, is pretty well understood, right? That is really bringing things like carbon markets on chain, uh, helping preserve biodiversity and natural assets kind of broadly by having them be sort of a building block in that financial system. With respect to communities, I think, you know, you, you mentioned Collectivo. I think um, they're a really great example of a um, of sort of a part of the community that's thinking deeply about community currencies, but also within communities, sort of the almost like a community economy and how to make that regenerative in a sense that the wealth generated within a community can stay in the community. And so really important work happening there. There's there's a bunch uh, happening around community, community currencies broadly uh, on Cello, which has been quite interesting. And I think a lot of the concepts there are very much um, yeah, very much reflect sort of that, that kind of thinking. And then with respect to the individual, we're right back at the initial value proposition um, around mobile, right? And saying, hey, you know, it's great that Web3 can sort of democratize access to financial tools, but if it only works on a desktop computer, we're not going to get far, right? And so really, how do we bring, um, you know, transparent, quick, fast, like cheap micropayments to, to mobile devices and, and ultimately wallets and mobile devices serving as sort of the access to a digital economy that's being created here um, has always been top of mind for us. And really, like, that's, I think, where we can unlock a lot of uh, value. And, you know, when you look at, you know, since mainnet launch, uh, even a lot of the kind of blue chips uh, on on Ethereum have launched on on Celo, like Uniswap V3, for example. And of course, the use case is not going to be the same. You know, you're not going to have like an Ethereum rail like just also be on Celo. That like there's there's maybe some value there, but you know, really not all that much. But actually, imagining someone on you know a low end Android phone being able to you know, access pools of community currencies, right, um, through a wallet, like completely abstracted away, right? That's where kind of there's, there can be value. And I think when we talk to uh, projects in, in other ecosystems or projects that kind of move to Celo or kind of come to Celo or deployed on Celo, it's often sort of the, um, you know, tapping into sort of a new audience, tapping into sort of really uh, often an audience that's mobile first um, that's that's skewed much more real world um, and that's been that's been a focus for us and with all the various programs and I mentioned the connect the world program and fiat connect standard really help with that and I think we are that's where we also strategically want to continue right we want to um, just make it as easy as possible for a regular person anywhere to to onboard to web3 and um, you know, 
if we can do that, that in itself would be a massive enabler for um, so a truly regenerative economy. So, um, as you said, there's actually a lot of money coming into space, venture capital money. So you would imagine that this kind of thing would lend itself more to crowdfunding, right? Um, it wouldn't be seen as a good place to deploy venture capital, which is very concentrated on the, the profit motive, generally speaking. Um, and yet, you know, ReFi is very hot. You know, we're being asked, when are we going to run a ReFi program? Um, by lots of our, our network, you know, all, all at once. What's changed? Why, why now? And why is it interesting to venture capital? Totally. You know, I think, I mean, like my sort of, <laughs> you know, uh, one viewpoint could be to say, hey, look, everything is going to be refi, right? And like, in a way, um, if you can have both DeFi and refi, like you would always, you know, always press the refi button, right? Because you can do the same stuff, but actually have it have those positive externalities. And and that is, you know, if, if that's if that's kind of your view, then you're like, wow, this is a massive market, right? I mean, like a lot of these protocols, which today may look small or niche, may end up becoming sort of what underpins the the next kind of financial system. The next, you know, this is this is the future financial infrastructure. And I think, you know, you know, taking voluntary carbon credits as an example. That in itself is a is a sizable market, but it's it's also it's not a massive market. But you you have sort of the the promise of Web three in terms of bringing more transparency, more access to that market, and in itself it being a growing, a strongly growing market given sort of climate goals, right? And then seeing it really as sort of an entry point into a much bigger world of of natural assets, and suddenly you're like, wow, like you know, even if only a little bit of that happens. The companies that are building, you know, sort of the, the various building blocks, whether it's, uh, you know, an AMM or a marketplace or whatever it is, right? All the, the, the shuffles and picks, you know, those are going to be really valuable because people will want to have access to this and use this stuff. And uh, I think that's why why suddenly, yeah, I think every every VC, Web3 VC deck has, has a refresh life now. And I think it makes it makes total sense, right? And I, in, a, in a way, it's, it's also... You know, if we can make it really easy for people to to build these new projects, products, protocols, um, and have a positive impact at the same time, right? Then the answer should be yes. You know, every time, like, uh, and so to me, it's almost like looking at any new project and trying to see, okay, how can you actually make it more regenerative? And you know, that's a that's a pretty broad spectrum when you when you sort of take the time to 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 look at that, and, and the tools are increasingly there to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting uh, mental framework to say, okay, let's look at, you know, Gem 1 DeFi and then think about, you know, how that could be um, uh, matured into a, a refi proposition. Um, and I guess, look, I mean, you, you worked at the World Bank and um, I'm sure you're not, uh, unaware of the kind of macro environment that's happening, you know, every day now we're being uh, reassured that we're not in a recession. Just got, uh, you know, today uh, Europe was kind of 
saying we're not in a recession. UK is saying we're not in a recession. Biden just said we're definitely not in a recession. I don't think we're in a, I mean, it sounds like we're in a recession. When you've got everyone saying we're not in a recession, that usually means we are. And um, just in the last week, you know, we're, what are we now? Uh, October 12th, 2022. Um, I've had some incredibly bearish conversations, not specific to crypto, just generally. Um, like we are on the precipice of a 2008 grade financial crisis. Now, I don't know if you do or you don't subscribe to that, but do you think that that moment of crisis will will be impetus for this social change? So actually, the timing of why people, there's such an emphasis on refi um, is one, sure, because maybe the technology is here through things like Cello. It's mature enough now to do something at scale. But also because we're, we're backing in crisis mode, where actually people are fundamentally thinking about how do we create a better, different paradigm, a different financial system. Look, I, I think you're right. Um, and I'm very much a subscriber to the theory that like, this is kind of a moment that's going to make a lot of this kind of much more mainstream, right? Because people are asking, well, wait a second, like why you know, this current financial system is really not serving us well. And I think if we can show a path to, and, and, you know, sometimes these are like small tweaks to the existing model, right? I think introducing community currencies in parallel, right. Um, is, is not like, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to do, but it's in, in the, in the grand scheme of things, you know, that's, that's doable and you can keep some of the wealth in the community, right. You can sort of um, show people that, yeah, a lot of the, the, the principles that existed in society, you know, long ago um, can actually be brought back in, in, you know, with sort of this technology. And and so to me, almost like when we last talked, the pandemic is serving as, um, you know, an inflection point, right, for asking ourselves, hey, do we have to go to an office every day? Do we really have to take that flight, you know? And um, I think here on a, on a, on a different level, right. Um, I think we'll ask ourselves those questions as a society, you know, where does this system make sense? And, um, and I think in a way this is maybe already happening and this is why refi has, has been gaining, um, not just, you know, I was at a conference recently and, you know, it was a, not really a refi event, but it turned into refi event because every day I wanted to talk about refi. But it wasn't just Web3 people, you know, it was really, um, oh, there was a biologist who just heard that there was an event and, and, and came out and, and engaged, you know, and wanted to kind of learn more. And I think there's this hunger for, for, for a different system, which is really feeding a lot of the excitement right now. And, and now it's important to, you know, actually execute well and, and build good products, right? Not get ahead of ourselves. But I think that's that's the opportunity. It's really um, I see it as probably you know one of the few opportunities, at least in sort of our lifetime, right, to make a big change in, in the way the economy works. And and it's it's fun to you know try to like you know play play a small role in that. Um, but I think that's really that's possible because a lot of the infrastructure that we would need to kind of make this happen at a, at a global scale has kind of been built, right? Has, is kind of coming for free almost given sort of the history and, and everything that DeFi has done, everything NFTs have done, right? I think 
all that is is really leading up to to this moment, which uh, you know, if we had sort of just cold jumped into this and it's like, oh, you know, well, what if we had a um, you know this kind of decentralized infrastructure and we could be like, no way, right? It would just not happen. But we're here now, and we have sort of the history of the last you know five ten years, and I think that makes this kind of a unique um, a unique opportunity. Yeah, no, I actually think, of course, you know, we, we all want to. We all want to look outside of this kind of very intense vacuum of, of Web3 and, and bring in more people. But the reality is, um, you know, somebody that's been in the space for a long time, as you say, been through a few cycles. I definitely think that there's there's a bit of shift in founder mentality, right? Because I think for most founders that have been around for a while, they've either made enough money that actually money is no longer the motivating factor. They've made life-changing money or they've made money and lost it. They've made life-changing money and lost it and they're back uh, at, at square one. And either way, I think there's then this question, well, okay, what am I going to do this next cycle? Like, you know, if, if, if money is not an object or I know that I could lose it all again, um, and actually, I'm not that much happier than, than I was when I started the process. Maybe I'm even less happier. Um, what could I do differently? How can I find purpose in, in the work that I do over the next three, five, ten years? And so in, intuitively, that kind of feels like a moment now. You're seeing a lot of very high-profile CEOs that have been, been around for five-plus years in the space step back because they've built these incredible businesses, incredible machines, made an inordinate amounts of money and, and are probably a bit burnt out, a little bit jaded. So I do think just looking within the industry, there is this moment where, you know, seasoned founders are, are, are looking looking to do, do it differently. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure many of them already are or are planning to kind of in, engage with what you guys are doing at Celo and, and uh, hopefully we get to kind of collaborate on that together in, in some way. One, one thing that I, um, and I think this is kind of, I would encourage every founder uh, or everyone in, even building in this space to um, think about kind of like their framework for looking what makes them happy, not even like success, um, but what makes them happy? What makes them, you know, be able to operate in this in this space long term, right? Because you could easily just kind of, you know, like just reading the headlines every day and like, you know, like there's so much happening, right? You get all riled up. And to me, if I if I kind of uh, reflect, and I, I noticed this kind of a while back, um, but you know, you get a, um, you know, we have um, just some kind of recent examples, that, you know. Ashley or David from Resource reaching out there, um, just kind of like a circular kind of, um, what's the way to describe it? Basically a, um, you know, kind of infrastructure for small businesses, kind of like a circle economy. Um, yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> mutual credit. Um, you know, hearing a story from their businesses in North Carolina, real businesses, right? How they're kind of leveraging that infrastructure or um, talking to the folks from Ethic Hub who are bringing um, funding, basically accessing global financial markets, right? Like through on-chain bonds to support coffee farmers in Chiapas and Mexico or talking to Marco from Impact Market and hearing about 
some of his communities in Brazil or seeing a, a quick clip that he sends over, right? Those are the moments where, you know, like, wow, like that's just, that's happiness. Seeing actually, you know, still at a, at a small scale, right? We're not touching billions of people yet, but increasingly hearing these stories of how this technology is having a positive impact. And I think if you, if you, <laughs> you train yourself to, really kind of look at look at that and kind of zoom out in a way and, and like derive happiness from those positive milestones um you can be in the space for for a long time and and not not sort of get get tired or burned out because otherwise you know like you're you're just falling into the same trap that uh, our friends on wall street are in right which is just right. like looking at numbers uh on screens all day and forgetting about the the people um behind behind those numbers and i think that's um that's hard sometimes right in the just the, the busyness of, of a day but um i always I've, i found for myself that's like that's that's really good medicine and it's really the sort of the yeah the almost like the what's the um you know asterisk and obelix like the, <laughs> the secret the sure. dream right that gets you kind of going and um makes it possible i mean i you know five years in i feel still very much that you know, like we're very early in this journey kind of mentality and um, yeah, don't, don't look to stop anytime soon working on this stuff. Well, there you go. Well, I think what, what better way to end the secret to longevity in web three, you've, uh, you've heard it here. Rene, it's always really uh, refreshing, uh, inspirational to chat to. I know a lot of founders, um, you, you would have really, uh, got them thinking um and i'd recommend them to, to to reach out to you the foundation as you say engage with solo uh, camp and, and everything else that's going on um and again look congratulations for just still even being in the game right there's so many people come and gone um uh you know two and a half years is a long time in this space um and great to see you're still doing it with a smile so thanks for coming on Rene. thanks so much jamie good chatting if you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3.